Welcome to episode 79 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about December 2019. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as celebrities, hate speech, Trump derangement syndrome, Edward Snowden, or the California wildfires come up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean. The video version of the podcast are available on YouTube, bitshoot.com, and brighton.com. If you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a minute and scroll down on the podcast page and give it a five-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through Facebook and Twitter advertising. See the episode show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for the URL. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Well, the month started out with the Thanksgiving return traffic being blasted up north. A huge storm canceled thousands of flights and dumped over a foot of snow in some locations. Must have been due to climate change, global warming, global cooling, climate catastrophe, whatever the hell they're calling it now. Regardless, it couldn't have anything to do with normal weather patterns. Lisa Page, the FBI agent who conspired against President Trump with another FBI agent, Peter Stroke, while having an affair with each other, granted an interview, and as all of her fellow swamp rats who testified in Adam Schiff's faux impeachment hearings, she feigned outrage over Trump's uncouthness. Not a single hard question was asked about her part in the conspiracy. Senator Kamala Harris ended her bid for the Democratic nomination for president. I thought Hillary Clinton was smug, pretentious, phony, and downright evil, but she's got nothing on Harris. Good riddance. Trump attended the NATO summit and blasted France and its Prime Minister Macron. Joe Biden told a story about his friends who liked rubbing his blonde leg hair, and he explained that he likes kids sitting in his lap. The Trump impeachment shifted from corrupt Adam Schiff's Intelligence Committee to sleepy Ralph Nadler's Judiciary Committee. Three so-called constitutional scholars testified before the committee. Turns out, they were all partisan hacks. Bitter, angry, arrogant, condescending, elitist, and dare I say, mentally ill. All law professors from Stanford, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and Harvard. All are self-proclaimed Trump haters, Democrat donors, and proponents of his impeachment prior to testifying. One proclaimed several years ago that Trump's tweets were an impeachable offense. Another said she had to cross the street rather than walk by a Trump hotel. Another argued that Trump's offense was the worst thing any president has ever done. Obviously, that guy's not a history professor. He's just a professor of law, since he conveniently left out such presidential murder and mischief as the Trail of Tears, Lincoln starting a war that ended with over 600,000 Americans dead, the entire Woodrow Wilson administration, FDR's unconstitutional reign of terror against Japanese internment camps and the illegal seizure of privately owned gold, LBJ's Gulf of Tonkin, Nixon's impeachment fiasco. I mean, the list is endless when it comes to presidential abuse of power, and this guy makes a claim like that. All three of these people would not even be allowed to testify as expert witnesses in a court of law, can you imagine how hacks like that would be treated if a Republican committee brought them to testify against a Democrat president? They would be ruthlessly laughed at and mocked. Jonathan Turley testified that the Democrats are full of shit. He argued that Democrats have launched a, quote, 
slipshod impeachment, end quote, based on flimsy evidence against President Trump. He told the committee that they are the ones abusing their power. Even a CNN panel following the testimony admitted the Democrats are full of shit. Then the Democrats called the witness who, after he finished testifying, went from the witness stand to perch himself next to Jerry Nadler and began interrogating other witnesses. You can't make this shit up. Then the Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz issued his report into the FBI's investigation of the Trump campaign during the 2016 U.S. election. The report concluded, despite nearly everyone investigating President Trump hated him and that evidence was fabricated by at least one FBI attorney and that they misrepresented Christopher Steele's credentials, none of their bias tainted the investigation and the underlying process was sound. Horowitz did fault the FBI for, quote, significant inaccuracies and omissions, end quote, in their applications to secretly monitor Trump campaign advisor Carter Page. And agents, quote, failed to meet the basic obligation to ensure the applications were scrupulously accurate, end quote. Then we find out that the whistleblower who started this whole thing committed perjury, but that fact was left out of the IG's report. So, we are impeaching a president who did not commit a crime based on the testimony of a perjurer. Then the Democrats announced that they were filing two articles of impeachment, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. What the heck happened to collusion, obstruction of justice, quid pro quo, extortion, and bribery? Then House Democrats from districts that Trump won began to balk at voting for impeachment. Some suggested censure would be a better option. Then the House Judiciary Committee, in a 23-17 vote along party lines, approved articles of impeachment against President Trump. Then the full House voted to impeach Trump, 230-197 on the first article, 229-198 on the second. Then half of America thought that he had been removed from office. Not. Then Nancy Pelosi delayed sending the articles to the Senate in a move that Alan Dershowitz ironically called an abuse of power and obstruction of the Senate. In her defense, Pelosi says she didn't think Majority Leader Mitch McConnell was impartial enough to reside over the trial, unlike, of course, the House Intelligence and Judiciary Committees that prosecuted the impeachment inquiry. One constitutionally illiterate member of the looning Democratic House suggested that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell recuse himself from the trial. I gotta stop right here for a minute for an object lesson. Nancy Pelosi thinks so little of the intellectual capacity of the American people that she actually accuses the Senate leadership of being impartial right after the Democrats unilaterally railroaded the impeachment inquiry through the democratically controlled House of Representatives without a single Republican vote. The woman is incorrigible. Honestly, I'm running out of adjectives to describe her. Hillary, everyone look at me, Clinton, desperately tried to remain relevant, appearing on The Howard Stern Show and announced that she's not a lesbian. Quote, I actually like men, she said. I think I just threw up in my mouth. With the withdrawal of Kamala Harris from the race for the Democratic nomination for president, New Jersey Senator and hanging by a thread candidate Cory Booker tried a new tack to secure the nomination. Hey, I'm the only black person left in the race, therefore you must pick me. A Saudi naval officer shot and killed three people at a U.S. naval base in Florida. Apparently he hosted a dinner party the night before the attack where he and others watched videos of mass shootings. Then we find out that one of the three students at the dinner recorded the shooting outside the building and two other Saudi students watched from a car. John Kerry endorsed Joe Biden and no one gave a shit. A banana duct taped to a wall sold for $120,000 as a piece of art. Then another artist ate the banana. 
Two people went on a shooting spree in a kosher supermarket in Jersey City and then engaged police in a prolonged Wild Wild West shootout. The media coverage can only be described as, well, uninterested. See, the shooters were African Americans who maintained anti-Semitic views based on social media posts. But given both of those factors, the media largely ignored the story, one that gave them the opportunity to push for more gun control. Then one of the more despicable members of Congress, Rashida Tlaib, blamed, get this, white supremacy. She blamed white supremacy for the shooting. Proving yet again that the National Democrats continue to be a one-trick pony, with their only strategy at maintaining power to continually divide the nation along racial, gender, wealth, nationality, and sexual preference lines. The convenient Catholic Nancy Pelosi invoked her religious affiliation with faux outrage when asked if she hates Trump. I am a Catholic. I was raised not to hate anyone, she exclaimed at reporter James Rosen. This coming from a woman who celebrates infanticide, which is what abortion is. Other Catholic doctrines she conveniently and consistently ignores include lying, coveting, same-sex marriage, stealing, bearing false witness, endorsing men identifying themselves as women, and murder, which is often what Congress funds around the world in the name of national security. This woman's own daughter described her as capable of cutting your head off and not knowing you're bleeding. While we're on the subject of Nancy, she is also a convenient constitutionalist as she invokes the very document that she was sworn to protect and defend in regards to Trump's impeachment inquiry. But she never once invoked the Constitution when Obama repeatedly violated it. Did she oppose Obama on constitutional grounds for his Libya intervention? Or the NSA domestic surveillance program? Obamacare? Corporate bailouts? IRS political profiling? His handling of DACA? Net neutrality? His executive orders? No, 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 she did not. Megan Rapinoe was named Sportsman of the Year by Sports Illustrated, and Greta Thunberg was named Time Magazine's Person of the Year, proving yet again that wokeness rules the mainstream media. Boris Johnson's Conservative Party won huge majorities in the British elections, stunning the left wing in that country and the mainstream media who didn't see it coming again. He now has a larger conservative majority in the House of Commons since the days of Margaret Thatcher. Brexit, here we come. The Afghan papers were published by the Washington Post, and most media outlets, conservative and liberal, largely ignored them, proving yet again that the unconstitutional warfare state goes hand-in-hand with the unconstitutional welfare state. The Washington Post obtained 2,000 pages of notes from interviews with more than 400 generals, diplomats, and other officials directly involved in the war. The documents showed that U.S. officials were lying about the progress being made in Afghanistan. They lacked basic understanding of the country, they were hiding unmistakable evidence that the war had become unwinnable, and they wasted close to a trillion dollars in the process, not to mention the thousands of people killed. Yes, we should be outraged that officials lied about the prospects of success, but we should primarily be disturbed that they first and foremost lied us in order to push us for war in the first place. The Constitution is very clear about Congress declaring war, not the President. The Constitution is very clear that Congress holds the purse strings. Why is that? Because they are the closest to the people. And if the people don't like the war or the spending, they only have to wait two years to vote the bums out. Trump agreed to a massive 2,300-page, $1.4 trillion pork barrel-laden spending package. No cuts, no reforms. Trump is on track to increase the national debt more than Obama. And what do all the national Republicans who bitched about Obama's spending do? 
They'll vote for the bill, proving yet again that neither of the major national political parties give two shits about you, me, or the future of the country. They are willfully negligent. All of them should be removed from office. The Democrats held their sixth presidential primary debate. As one columnist described it, two and a half hours of rope and the Democrats hanged themselves again. And another called it a televised sleeping pill. It seems the candidate with the best judgment was Representative Tulsi Gabbard, who chose to avoid the debate altogether. On display were a host of progressive issues, with Elizabeth Warren looking like a complete entitled asshole that she is. When asked how she would respond to hundreds of economists who claim her wealth tax will hurt the economy, she responded, They are wrong, before diving into it's only two cents routine. No attempt to answer the question with some economic facts, just they are wrong. Bernie looked as angry as ever. Biden actually looked alive but agreed to the moderator's question about displacing thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to a greener economy. Yikes. Come to find out, Trump has quietly appointed or installed 187 judges to the federal bench, including flipping the liberal insane asylum Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals to conservative. That's 25% of the judiciary. Mass shootings occurred in primarily black neighborhoods in Chicago and Baltimore, but the mainstream media did not cover them. I wonder why. Could it be that the shooters weren't white and the cities are run by Democrats for decades? Meanwhile, Trump's approval ratings surpassed Obama's at the same point in his presidency. A would-be mass shooter entered a church in Texas, killed two, and six seconds after opening fire was killed by an armed parishioner. When the law was passed to permit guns to be brought into churches back in September, Joe Biden called it irrational. In one of the most bizarre examples of Trump derangement syndrome, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation cut Trump's cameo from the movie Home Alone 2. As the month, year, and decade came to an end, thousands of Iraqi so-called protesters, but I'm pretty sure they're more like terrorists, attacked the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. The reason given for the attack was the U.S. airstrikes that killed some Iran-backed Iraqi militia members in Iraq. This is likely lining up confrontation with Iran. If you're looking for an easy-to-read reference guide to have on your desk or bookshelf that covers many of the topics tackled here on the TruthQuest podcast, grab a copy of my book, Critical Thinking, spelled with a P like Paul. The subtitle is The Lost Art of Critical Thinking and Common Sense in Politics and Public Policy. In it, I tackled dozens of public policy issues from abortion to American exceptionalism to the Federal Reserve, climate change, education reform, and gun control. It's available at Amazon and anywhere books are sold. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean for more information. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.